Caleb Brandon CK here with another episode of Purple Worship, a podcast about worshiping with your whole life. And today we have a very special episode. So all any of us have heard for uh, about a month now is the coronavirus crisis and what we're in and what it means for our life in the here and now. So I want to shift the conversation a little bit, look ahead and explore what's it going to look like once the main threat of this has passed. Some of us start returning to semblance of normalcy. Uh, What does it look like for us to pick up the pieces? So basically, once life returns to semi-normal for the majority of us, how do we as Christians and then specifically as individuals, I think the church conversation is a a different conversation altogether. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know our church is doing some specific things, um, but for us as individual Christians, how do we pick up the pieces? How do we rebuild Um, what should change and then what must be regained that we've lost uh, in all of this. So let's have that conversation a little bit. Um, I I have some thoughts I'll hold back, but uh, again, I want this to be a little bit more of a conversational exchange. It's a special episode for a special time, uh, so we don't have to stick to the strict rules of conformity. Um, So let's uh, let's just kind of spitball a little bit. What What should we do? What are the strict rules of conformity for podcasts? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, now, I think first, uh, I don't know there's going to be, I, I don't know what normal means, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is changing business. It's changing communication. Uh, I, so that's a hard thing. I think we have an opportunity to define new normal. Sure. Uh, but man, I don't know that like we won't, it, we will never go back, you know, to what we had before because even things like sanitation are going to change. Um, yeah. I know at my work, there's, there's already conversation of like, when we can, uh, when we are allowed to reopen the physical office, like, uh, we're probably going to have to redo a bunch of policies just to put people at ease. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a huge recognition right there. Like, don't expect that normal is going to be anything you necessarily recognize though. Right yeah. now, I think we have a chance to influence it heavily. Sure. I, mean, I, I saw that like, um, crude oil dropped to negative $40 a barrel. Um, meaning they're giving it away. They would, yes, they would pay you. (laughs) Seriously. So like that hasn't ever happened ever in the Mm. history of our nation. So, um, and obviously like this is world impacting, not just nation impacting. So, you know, I agree that like, um, there's, there's a lot to, to work through and think through. And, uh, um, I think trying to, trying to say we, meaning more than the three of us right here, uh, more than my family, is a really difficult question to, to uh, answer. You know, a lot of times when we say we, we mean the government or we mean Americans as a whole. Um, and maybe how do we pick up the pieces is like, what do I do? That's good. Uh, uh, what do I need to do um, you know, in my specific uh, context? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I I think that's the thrust of the conversation that I want to have is what do I do? Because we're all in three different locations, three different church contexts, three different culture contexts. I mean, you guys are closer, but you're in a smaller city. CK's in a larger city uh, Mm -hmm. in a different line of work. I'm a pastor in Texas. It's a very different response in Texas than most of the world. We're a little late to the party on a lot of things. I think our normal will return a lot faster than other people, Um, specifically like places like California, New York. They probably won't ever get back to anything close to what they had. Uh, I mean, 
it's it's going to be like technology will change things before they're able to get back to the place to where they right. were right so it's going to always be a different world for their kids texas i don't think is going to be like that i think we're we already are treating this a little bit more like uh, it's not as big of a deal down here as a whole, like government mm. and everything. And so the people around here, the vibe around here, it's kind of, it's kind of almost a little bit lighthearted about it. Like we we fist bump or elbow bump, and we'll make a joke about it or whatever. And I part of me wonders how long that's going to last. You know, when are we going to go back to shaking hands or giving hugs and not thinking mm. about it, right? So I think the thrust of the conversation, uh, two, two different things, not how should we as individual churches respond to our community, but how should Christians, the church, respond in general? So the principles of it, you know, what, what does it look like for the church to take the primary role in picking up the pieces, right? So this is not government's job to fix this. This is not, right. uh, it's not secularists' job to fix it. It's not school's job to fix it. If it's on us, how do we fix it? How do we help people? How do we encourage people? How do we lift people up? How do we rescue them from whatever the effects of this were on them? And then take it all the way down. What do I do? What's something practical I could do in my community, in my church? What can I do, actually do, you know? Um, so let's talk about that for a minute. Like, what what should change permanently? What do you think should change permanently from a from a Christian's response perspective? Because we've changed a lot of things just in the last month and a half about the way we interact with one another. Is there anything mm -hmm. that should change permanently about the way that we think or act or um, do church or any of that? I'd really I'd like I'd like the I'd like Christians to um, have a better. Uh, so I, I'm thinking. Um, theologically, you know, but like, mm -hmm. I, I'd like Christians to have better, more biblically sound responses to pain and suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, a, uh, a more, uh, cross centered, um, heavenly minded, uh, kingdom, you know, our, our, our kingdom is not the, on this world of this world on sure. this earth, um, perspective, mm -hmm. you know, moving through this. You know, like when when all these people have lost their jobs or livelihoods, their savings, um, that's a really good time to remind people um, and, and be a witness. Uh, and even even just for our own sake, uh, it's it it's gone. You know, like like right. like that. You know, yeah. like it just like that. And uh, uh, it doesn't take some some massive tragedy. Uh, it doesn't take somebody dying in your family. It doesn't take you know your spouse dying, or your kids dying for your life to just be completely upended yeah. mm -hmm. um there could be a global pandemic that never touches you and yeah mm -hmm. you could lose your job you could lose your house uh you could lose everything you've worked for on this world and uh that's a really uh a, a great time to talk about um life being a vapor and there being something yeah. more you know better and lasting sure so like as far as like big top level principles that'd be I, you know I, I would want the church to just um, the church's witness to, to mm. be more sound in that way. Yeah. And I think even our response to the whole thing. Kill the uh, prosperity preachers. Not kill them literally. <laughs> right, Not yeah, kill yeah, them yeah. literally. I mean, kill that, kill the prosperity gospel. Let's yeah. make if, sure if, they all get it. <laughs> if, 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 yeah. if that would be the ultimate irony anything. though, right? <laughs> it would be the ultimate irony if well, every single prosperity preacher had so, COVID. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when this first started doing an outbreak, there was a very popular healing service that they canceled right, right away. 
it's like wait you're a healing so like you know what i mean yeah, and right. i think that you're right like this has exposed um the crack anytime you put like exponential pressure on a system all the little cracks start getting exposed right mm -hmm. and so whether it be um like in software like what i do like if you have an influx of users like zoom you know like <laughs> influx of users all yeah. the little cracks start getting exposed and i think yep. the same thing happens to our faith or to society writ large uh because anytime you you take something that was running pretty well but let's be honest didn't have the infrastructure it needed like within our churches to support our members remotely mm -hmm. um how was our benevolence and hospitality doing you know when all this kicked off like um, how quickly were we able to respond to these things and actually also have a proper response to uh government and not be like no we're gonna keep meeting like right and in, in a fly in the face kind of way you know like that was some people's some churches responses and and so for, for the church the invisible church my hope is that like we will come out of this and people will look at christians and say what did you do with this opportunity like you guys were saying like what did you do you have an opportunity right now to be the best version of Christianity to a really sick and dying world, literally, but but to a, a, a world that is confused and scared. And so that means like when we reopen our church, we need to be over the top ready to be accommodating to people, to be that all things to all people, whether that means like hand sanitizer at the door or it means letting people know like we've taken extra care to clean or whatever it might be to help put people at ease because that's a way we can love them and we can show that love to them in that kind of sacrificial way above and beyond. And I think being above reproach in that is really important for the church right now and, and even going forward. Because like you said, people are going to come at this in waves, right? Like some people are going to mm -hmm. come back and be like, sweet, let's do it. Meet you at coffee, you know? And then some people are going to be like, I don't want to even still go outside for a while. Yeah. Some, you know, it's just, there's going to come in waves. And I, I feel like we just need to be the, like the even tone. Like we're always supposed to be just the even tone throughout society where it's like, yeah, you know, this is a big deal right now, but God's got it under control yeah, I know you're freaked out. God's got it under control. Like, and mm -hmm. just being that peaceful tone is, um, I mean, I, to me, it's like, it's Proverbs 327 says, you know, whenever you possibly can do good to those who need it. And I think that's our, that's our response. Like that's gotta be what we come out of this. Right. Um, and I know that's a long, that's a long winded way to say all that, but I just, I really feel like the church as a whole right now has a responsibility to say the moment we're not doing this in this way, like, how are we going to help set that even tone so that people look to us and say like, wow, what do you like, how did you guys get through this? You know, mm -hmm. and the way we've been reacting to it right now also will be on display and it's going to be on record. So hopefully yeah. we've made some good decisions along the way. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I think, um, you know, in regard to like reaching out to the community, things like that, I think a lot of the things you're saying are, um, are really, really good uh, points of advice. I I think my hope is that the um, the uncommitted Christians to a, a local church body will have experienced a desperate lack of community and mm -hmm. realize what they're missing. And also those who have been committed to a local church body will be more grateful for it because it's the whole... You take it for yeah, granted man. until it's taken away thing. Uh -huh. 
I was literally going to say one, one of my biggest prayers and one of the things I've told a lot of people is, is um, God works all things together for good mm-hmm. in a thousand different ways, million different ways. But um, please, God, cause your your people to love your church, right? you know, and to love corporate worship, you know, yeah. um, you know, uh, cause people to, to value that more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and see the great and awesome and, and wonderful benefit that it is to, to us as believers. And then, and then, um, let, you know, let that reinvigorate us to, to make it be the benefit <laughs> that it's supposed to be to society, you know, mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. We have a chance to kind of, uh, start fresh with some of that. You know, I, I don't know for sure what will happen when we get done. You know, there'll be, there'll probably be people who profess to be Christians who, who don't come back, you know, uh, when the doors open back up, there'll probably be a lot of people who come, you know, because mm-hmm. they, uh, they're searching for answers. So yeah, right. what a time to have believers reinvigorated. For, I can tell uh, you that, uh, the gospel. that first communion coming back is going to be pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, when we have been able to meet physically and that's the way, that we can show the world um, who like the, our, our remembering Jesus until he comes back. Right. As uh, that's our public display of it is to just proclaim his death until he comes. Uh, that is uh, for churches that haven't met physically. My, one of my biggest prayers is that, especially for our church, that um, we would just take communion real seriously, that that is like, we are at his table together uh, and, you know, we haven't been able to do that for a while and right. like, all right, we get to come back and, and feast again. You know, this yeah. is a big deal. Yeah. And, uh, I think the other side of that coin and you, you started to allude to it a little bit, Brandon, uh, and you too, CK earlier, you were talking about, um, you know, our response to the community at large. So unbelievers mm-hmm. who may show up because they've been lonely, uh, for a long time. And I hope the majority of us have not missed our chance to be Jesus to them in this time yeah. uh, before these things get lifted so that we have the opportunity to then prove the fact that we've cared enough about them so that they'll seek community with the people of God and ultimately be drawn to the beauty of Christ. Um, mm-hmm. That's another prayer that I have. We've been encouraging our people as a, as leaders in our church to just be active, reaching out in their community, bring cookies by people's houses or, or whatever you can do that, that you feel you and they would both be comfortable with, um, right. you know, because you don't want to do something that is going to be offensive or right. <laughs> uh, or scary, but anything you can do to show that you're thinking and caring and that yeah. they're not alone, because uh, a lot of people don't have church or a group of friends mm. or family or any of that that they've been able to to stay in touch with. And it's different all around. Like in Texas, we we basically were under a stay-at-home order, but most everybody is still driving around. The streets aren't ghost town-like. Like you hear in a lot of places, the streets are ghost town in L.A. You know, yeah. it's not really like that here. Like everybody's still driving and going places. But in a lot of places where it has been a ghost town, there's going to be a different degree of loneliness, right? right. So Christians in those areas, man, we have got to be reaching out now. Like if you haven't been doing it already for the last month and a half, do it now. Um, Reach out to the people let them know you've been thinking about them. Let them know you care. Ask them if they need something. 
You know, if you have somebody right. that's elderly and really at risk on your street, go get them some groceries. You know, those are the type of practical things that we can do now before this ends. Um, do we have any other thoughts about principally before this ends, before we kind of transition into some more practical things uh, after it ends? Yeah, just, just echoing some of those same, you know, I just, I could be wrong, but I, you know, we've said this, but I just really do think that people need to really prepare for um, a wave of uh, people who have had their lives uprooted, upended, destroyed, um, and searching for answers. Um, and uh, I think even maybe professing believers who bought into the, the prosperity gospel type thinking um, will, will will need answers too. So yeah. um, while we're thinking about the, the, the ministerial aspect, practically um, doing those things, the, the more that we engage people, the more that they're going to ask us, the, the more that we're going to get close to them. And then they'd be, why, why did God do this? Mm-hmm. Why did he let this yeah. happen? Um, there's no way that he can bring good from my daughter dying or whatever, you know, and right. we better, we better take time to have, to have good answers. Yeah, yeah totally. I think there'll be a lot of thorny ground nominal Christians who uh, got their faith choked out. Yeah. And um, they may not be searching for answers in the right places. Um, We have a responsibility to them as well. And, um, you know, just one more thing on that. I I felt that God was impressing on me a couple weeks ago to start planning for some form of, um, you can call it evangelistic outreach if you want to. Uh, but some form of that to come on the heels of this, where we've just been praying about it, we've been fasting over it, and we haven't really, you know, I told him, I told my other fellow pastors here, we we don't even really market it, but we just trust God mm. and and something might happen, you know, um, and I think that we may experience some ripe ground for all the reasons that we've been uh, talking about, where people are just like, I don't know where else to go you know, mm-hmm. and, um, sometimes God's got to get people in that position before they'll listen to him. Um, it's not ideal, obviously. And, uh, you gotta, you gotta nurture those people because they, uh, you know, there's a lot of Christians, uh, who may or may not be Christians in name only who chase God for the things that he can give them and not for God himself. So you gotta be careful about that. But, um, I think our response now and then, um, ultimately should be jesus you know we should just right. be like there's a whole really? bunch of hurting people we gotta help them but you know it's so easy you gotta help that's them and it. point them to christ that's pretty yeah. much it it's it's pretty simple so cliche i know i know I'm, <laughs> I'm uh i'm very unoriginal so the thing that kept resonating in my mind um as we kind of transitioned a little bit more into practicality it just I was thinking about this all day and a little bit yesterday too. And I was just like widows and orphans, widows and orphans. I don't know why, but it just kept popping up in my head. James one twenty seven, pure religion, undefiled widows and orphans. Um, and my thought today on that was life is going to become much more normal for a lot of us, but there's a segment of our population that's going to take a lot longer to get back to normal. That would include the elderly that would include people who are extremely vulnerable. My mind goes to um, people in third world countries that were hit really hard with this, mm-hmm. like in Uganda, um, where my family works. We not only had coronavirus, but you also, on top of that, had a dictator-like regime 
not mm-hmm. technically a dictator, but he acted like one and prevented people from accessing food and medical care and water. And then you had locusts that just came and destroyed all their crops all at the same time. So there's going to be people like that as well. Um, And, you know, when we talk about widows and orphans, the people that we try to help first and foremost over there fit that description. They're child-headed families. Both parents have died. You've got a 15-year-old kid with eight brothers that goes and gets married trying to take care of that family, you know. Mm -hmm. Those types of people... Life is not going to be, I mean, like that, if you're in Uganda as a child-headed family, your normal's not great anyways, but yeah, life right. is not going to be normal for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for the most vulnerable, here, there, everywhere, when life returns to a semblance of normal for us, and especially for, for people like us where our lives haven't changed that much, you know, mm-hmm. none of us lost our jobs, none of us have been strapped financially, most of us, uh, at least the three of us here, have a very similar schedule, even though we're working from home as far as work and all of that, um, not really cutting hours, any of that kind of stuff. Right. So we're we're in a position that a lot of people aren't in. What's our responsibility to the most vulnerable, especially for us, having kind of kind of weathered the storm in a different right. place? Adopt babies. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, absolutely. And, and encourage encourage other people to adopt babies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. There's there's more now, you know? Like it it was already pretty bad here in America and it's getting worse. Yeah. Because of this. Mm-hmm. So adopt. Yeah. Adopt, adopt, adopt. Hmm. That's really good. Yeah, I, I think the a powerful concept that you the way you kind of set this up is you know how do we pick up the pieces mm-hmm. and i think we have an opportunity to pick up the ones that make the most sense for society it's um we were driving by an empty mall today actually and i told my wife that you know there's a lot of stuff that we can do uh and there's a lot of things that we can go like fill our time with and spend our money on and things like that and i'm certainly no model of any of these things but like the the way that we reassemble a normal is going to say a lot about our priorities and our eternal priorities Mm -hmm. and we could just reopen all the stores we could just go back to all our things we could just we have a lot less shows to watch now right because everybody's watching more shows so like it's like there's there's you know we could just go back to all of that or we could choose to omit some things that don't make sense anymore you know and like you didn't really miss it you know did you really miss going to that place or doing that thing uh and it's okay to just not do it anymore you know and to choose to use that energy somewhere else like i think it's a powerful concept and i'm i'm trying to figure out you know what those might be i know for us we've um we have recommitted our uh, things like who, which local charities do we support? You know, what, where are we putting our dollars and our, our, you know, we're putting our money where our mouth is Mm -hmm. Uh, just things like that. Like, Oh, I'll get to that. I'll eventually set that up, you know, make sure that donation goes through or whatever. And months go by. And then all of a sudden this hits. And I was like, I need to make sure all of this stuff is up to date because, and I hadn't, like I went back through and I was missing stuff and I was like, Oh my goodness, I haven't been putting my money where my mouth is. And just even that kind of stuff, just making sure that 
you know, we, we assemble that piece back into it and we don't be like, okay, well, they're probably good now and, you know, cut yeah. our donations or, or things like that. Uh, yeah, that's for me, that's a big one right now. It's just due diligence on everything. <laughs> you know, yeah. So you just, you, this is, this is off topic, but it's because of what you said, just, uh, the idea of, of, you know, restructuring things. Um, and something really interesting that I've thought about is, you know, with all of the, with all of the businesses going under, um, there are so many there there could be a really interesting and neat opportunity for christians who have the ability to start businesses to uh um, be able to fill um mm. gaps you know industry gaps um with better businesses um more integrity uh yeah. you know things like that so I, I i i don't even know what that could look like but it seems to me that for those who have the ability to, um, on the other side of this, hmm. um, we could we could do some real uh, social impact. Just even even in that way, hiring people yeah. and paying them well, hiring people and taking taking care of them, and and um, being good employers. And uh, plenty of people lost jobs that they needed, but they were bad jobs. So. Yeah, that's really good too. And I mean, there's also the other side of this, which is our our uh, civic response. Um, you know, you have a vote in this country. Yeah. So people went on record and reacted to this in different ways at different levels of government and in different states. And like, you know, Caleb was saying, all three of us live in different states. So like all of our states responded slightly differently to this. You can vote and you can decide if that was a good thing. And, you know, it sucks to have like the, a big, you know, microscope put on people in these kind of things. Cause it's, it's never fair to anybody, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and you can say whatever you want about people in, in public office, but like, this is not a fair fight for anyone. Yeah. Uh, but it's also shows true colors and it really does bring out, you know, what's, what's motivating them and different things like that. So, um, use your vote, you know, use these things that we've been given in this nation uh, to influence. This is, and I'm talking to myself, uh, and do the due diligence on researching candidates and issues and things like that and get involved because um, it's it's a big deal. I First Peter 2.17, I always go back to because it has four simple, like, responsibilities for every person and for Christians, but I mean, like for really for everybody, but for Christians in specific, it says show proper respect to everybody. So that's everyone, your neighbor, love the family of believers. That's the church. Fear God. All men are supposed to do that and honor the emperor or honor the king, you know, whoever's in charge. Mm -hmm. Uh, in even in the broken systems that we're in, like, I think those four things are, even though we're talking really practical stuff at the moment, those are four things that for me, I need to figure out how do I make these four things and express these in those practical ways. Like you guys were saying, like, what are the, the practical expressions of these things, uh, that I should, that I should reassemble. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, um, you, you hit on it a little earlier too. One really important responsibility for those of us who have been less affected is to remember there are pieces to be picked up. You know, our lives are going to Ouch. feel that's good. <laughs> similar to how they used to feel. Yeah. And uh, to realize that there's people around us who mm. are experiencing the deepest pain they've ever experienced, yeah. not just close to us, but very far away, places like Africa, to just have a, yeah. a greater awareness of 
who we're called to be, you know, the, the church, like I mentioned earlier, the church is the ones who should be picking up these pieces. And so the church is made up of the three of us as well as other believers. And so Mm -hmm. for me, especially, it's going to be really hard because my life, I've said this a lot of times, my, my life has not changed hardly at all. Uh, I've always worked from home. I live right behind the church. I work in the church. I come in the church on Sunday to do the live stream. The only difference is there's not 50 to 60 to 70 people in the audience (laughs) when we're doing the live stream. So my Sunday's basically the same. Um, We Mm -hmm. added a couple of things to our our routine, but it ended up just being more like family time and Mm -hmm. everything has just been very, very the same. My, thankfully God, you know, didn't cut my wages. And so like Mm -hmm. money-wise, we've been the same. It's just been... It's been very, very much the same. And so once normal comes for a lot more people, it's going to be real easy to be in a bubble. That's Um, good. And it's really easy for us in general to be in a bubble. I mean, we're Americans. Most people are okay. Most people are making it. There's tons of people in our communities who are not making it. Um, So I'm going to make a concerted effort myself, particularly um, at the community level. Uh, I I tend to have my my own personal stuff. I tend to have a much more... um, greater built-in awareness towards the international needs just because I live that life constantly um, working with a Ugandan nonprofit and just having that be put before me um, mm-hmm. and having been there so many times but I have a much harder time not living in my American bubble to the people around me mm-hmm. um, so just on the community level I'm going to be trying to do um, greater outreach um, particularly gospel outreach I mean like right now people need to hear the message of the gospel more than ever and uh, that's not my strong suit. I'm much better at speaking to the people that are already for Jesus uh, and much worse at speaking to the people who are against him. Um, so I'm going to be challenging myself to do a lot more gospel spreading um, and then encouraging my people to do some others uh, as well. You know, my family, my my uh, young people that I teach and the church as a whole um, because I think this is going to be a really important time for us. You mentioned CK, um, the different responses of people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be really extra important for the church to take bullets away from the enemy, um, by doing right. You know, uh, I don't remember if it was said this episode or the last one we talked about, but I think it was the last one, but we were talking about good intentions. Good intentions are great. But I love this quote, it's not enough to mean well, we have to do right. And so doing right, whatever that is before God, um, do right. And then also factor in the fact that doing right before God includes built into it a love for neighbor. And um, we need to do that in such a way that we're taking bullets away from the enemy who, who can look at us and say, idiot church, idiot church, they're responsible for for spreading this, they're responsible for all of these other things, and they don't love their community. They're not reaching out. They're just staying in their little club. They're just and mm. there's churches all over America that are going to be totally deserving of that. And uh, I don't want to be one, and I don't yeah. want to be part of one. And um, I think as individual Christians, we need to make sure that we're doing the same thing too. CK, you're better at that than I am. You were talking me into that a little bit on Thursday night. There's the, the, Just reminding you. the justice warrior part of me that sees injustice and is like, I don't care. I don't want the injustice. <laughs> um, but I do think it's really important 
for us to to um, de-weaponize to a, to whatever degree we can. You know, the Bible says, "Live at peace with all men as much as it depends on you." Right? right. It doesn't always depend on us. They're gonna they're gonna call names and throw stones, but it's a lot harder to make accusations stick if you're doing right. Give hugs. Man, I'm gonna be excited when when people don't it's give that a second thought. You yeah. Know? yeah. No, I'm serious. Like those practical things, man. Like I think uh, I think you know, uh, you said it'll be a long time. I think that I think that yeah. every time somebody coughs for a long time, it's like and, and it's yes, it's comical. It really is like like I just like I I, I, I fear coughing all the time right now. Right. Um, you know, like even just a <laughs> You know, but right. You know, uh, it's going to be a long time before people aren't scared of that. Even yeah. if, even if things are moving back to normal, we just got to live with. That's a weird cultural thing now. You know, yeah. and giving hugs is going to turn into a weird cultural thing. It uh, is. And uh, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of interesting, um, to say the very least. Uh, opportunities that lie ahead i think for christians to try to figure out how to show um love to people uh Mm. during that time we use the strange phrase love on people and uh, i don't i don't know what that means exactly but uh (laughs) but uh you know the 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 ability or need for loving people Mm. will be uh to walk through that it might be loving to like hold your coffin with all your might until you can get 10 feet away from it. Like, <laughs> yeah we might need to continue to think about those times right yep. yeah we do you're right so yeah That's i can't good. even yeah all there's just i can't even you know i told you guys when we started like you say how what's the practical like my, my head just explodes you know <laughs> with all the possible things that could yeah. lie in front of us yeah, here's something everybody can do, and I think we can we can end with this. Um, I was telling CK on Thursday that um, I think one of the best definitions that I've ever heard of encouragement I heard this past week, pouring courage into people. Um, so how can we pour courage into people during this time? You just mentioned, Brandon, there's going to be a lot of people who are living in a state of fear. So first of all, it's on us to not do that, right? You know, yeah. God has not right. called us into a spirit of fear. He's called us to be wise, but not to be fearful or paranoid or skittish or any of those things. So be wise and be kind, but don't be afraid. And then some of that courage that you have that God is giving to you, you need to use that and pour it into people who have less mm-hmm. um, and just lift them up constantly. Call them and say, hey, how you doing? Um God has not given us a spirit of fear, you know, preach the gospel to them, you know, do, you know, Jesus, Jesus died so that whatever you're going through right now is going to be ultimately redeemed, you know, Mm. all of those things, whether they've lost their job, whether they've lost family members, whether they're actually currently sick, or whether they're just an an older person who's afraid to go out, um, we have a responsibility to pour courage into those people. Um, So for me, especially, I, uh, I I don't know that I have the spiritual gift of encouragement, and I think we're all commanded to have that one. And so uh, I want to I want to develop that in myself. Um, so, you know, just just yeah. to have that top of mind, right? Just have that constantly in my mind. How can I pour courage into you today? Uh, and I think that's that's a big key to how we pick up the pieces. 
Yep, 100%. All right, so this is the Purple Worship Podcast. We've, we're reminding you once again that every minute of every day, including through the coronavirus crisis, you're worshiping something. And so worship God. We'll see you next time.